I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. and welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's show, we are talking all about the moon, the goddess Selene, and we are starting off with our book review, Women Who Run With The Wolves, Contacting the Power of the Wild Woman, written by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. So I recently mentioned this book on the shadow work episode that we had, After reading a couple of disappointing witchcraft books that I didn't want to bring onto the show, it hit me, like, why am I not talking about this book? This is one of the first nonfiction books I ever read. It has incredible importance to me. It was gifted to me by a lady who, in all honesty, set me on my path as an adult and as a witch. Her name was Jackie. She was an, well, she is an incredibly glamorous older witch I met in my late teens, early 20s. She was an intrinsically witchy Leo, very mysterious. Her whole life read like a story. So it's fitting that she gifted me this book. Anyway, not only did she gift me this book on my 21st birthday, but also my first set of tarot cards. And I still use these cards to this day. I want to start by reading you the forward from this book as it just gives me tingles and I hope it might for you too. We are all filled with a longing for the wild. There are few culturally sanctioned antidotes for this yearning. We were taught to feel shame for such a desire. We grew our hair long and used it to hide our feelings but the shadow of wild woman still lurks behind us during our days and in our nights. No matter where we are, the shadow that trots behind us is definitely four-footed. So this book went over my head at 21. I wasn't ready for it, and that was no reflection on age. I was just not very aware at this point of my life. However, it sowed the seed. This book is one of the most important, I believe, in relation to shadow work and understanding the female psyche. I'm really sorry to the guys that listened to the show for this week's book review, but I still think this is an important book for anyone to read. So I wanted to talk about this book, but also touch on wolves in general and how they relate to witchcraft. Let me start by reading you a little snippet from the beginning of this book, and hopefully you'll start to get a feel for this book and how it is written. Wildlife and the wild woman are both endangered species. Over time, we have seen the feminine instinctive nature looted, driven back and overbuilt. 
For long periods, it has been mismanaged like the wildlife and the wildlands for several thousand years. And soon and as often as we turn our backs, it is relegated to the poorest land in the psyche. The spiritual lands of wild women have throughout history been plundered or burnt, dens bulldozed and natural cycles forced into unnatural rhythms to please others. It's not by accident that the pristine wilderness of our planet disappears as the understanding of our own inner wild nature fades. It is not so difficult to comprehend why old forests and old women are viewed as not very important resources. It is not such a mystery. It is not so coincidental that wolves and coyotes, bears and wildish women have similar reputations. They all share related instinctual archetypes and as such, both are erroneously reputed to be ingracious collie and innately dangerous and ravenous. Now, recently I had a birthday and I wigged out a bit before this, I'm not going to lie. I guess you could say reaching a landmark birthday, I'm not there yet, but I feel that society overall encroaches on us and not just women, all of us, that we should be, you know, looking a certain way by a certain age or doing all we can to not look a certain way, have, you know, achieved certain things by a certain age. It's a ridiculous pressure, but the more I sit at ease with myself, the more I start to move into the crone aspect of myself where I just don't give a shit and I'm going to carry on with that. My mum and I had a discussion on this and she also said that she feels society shuns the older women. However, in witchcraft throughout history, I feel like the crone is so important because she is so strong in herself and does have that kind of I don't give a shit mentality. I'm going to do what I need to do, believe what I need to believe. I don't know where I'm going with this, but more so that I feel this book just makes me feel confident in with my shadow, my rough edges, also understanding how wonderful us bruised and battered witches are and how we only get better as we get older. I wish I could read all the stories out to you from this book, but I will let you save the magic for yourself. The book is made up of folklore and then the author delves into the story's true meaning and how this links to the female psyche. This book should be read by any woman at any age because there is a different lesson in there for you throughout the course of your life. Parts that meant nothing to me at the age of 21 resound entirely with me now. This is a book I've heavily relied upon in shadow work. The other day I read this in the bath and simply flicked through it, opened it up on a random page and happened to resound entirely with what I picked out. So why wolves? Wolves were often linked to witchcraft in Northern Europe and some Native American cultures. In Norse folklore, the vulva or witch Hindla and the giantess Hirokin are both portrayed as using wolves as mounts. In Navajo culture, wolves were feared as witches in wolf's clothing. Forgive me on the pronunciation, clearly I don't have the facilities for this. The Tassilkot believed that contact with wolves could cause mental illness and death. Wolves were seen to the Norse people as both positive and negative, 
On one hand, they can represent chaos and destruction and the other bravery, loyalty, protection and wisdom. Native Americans see the wolf as linked to creation, death and rebirth. In the language Lakota, the word for wolf, Sunk Manitu, means divine dog. Not in this book, but there is even a tale of Merlin being kept company by a she-wolf during his time of madness. But let me read you the tale of Laloba, the wolf woman, that is from this book. There is an old woman who lives in a hidden place that everyone knows in their souls, but few have ever seen. As in the fairy tales of Eastern Europe, she seems to wait for lost or wandering people and seekers to come to her place. She is circumspect, often hairy, always fat, and especially wishes to evade most company. She is both a crower and a cackler, generally having more animal sounds than human ones. I might say she lives among the rotten granite slopes in Tara Humara, Indian Territory, or that she is buried outside Phoenix near a well. Perhaps she'll be seen traveling south to Monte Alban in a burnt out car with the back window shot out. Or maybe she'll be spotted standing by the highway near El Paso or riding a shotgun with truckers to Morelia, Mexico, or walking to market above Osaka with strangely formed bows of firewood on her back. She calls herself by many names, La Hacera, Bone Woman, La Trapera, The Gatherer, and La Loba, Wolf Woman. The sole work of La Loba is the collecting of bones. She collects and preserves, especially that which is in danger of being lost to the world. Her cave is filled with the bones of all manner of desert creatures, the deer, the rattlesnake, the crow, but her speciality is wolves. She creeps and crawls and sifts through the montanas, mountains and arroyos, dry riverbeds, looking for wolf bones. And when she has assembled an entire skeleton, when the last bone is in place and the beautiful white sculpture of the creature is laid out before her, she sits by the fire and thinks about what song she will sing. And when she is sure, she stands over the creatura, raises her arms over it and sings out. That is when the rib bones and leg bones of the wolf begin to flesh out and the creature becomes furred. Laloba sings some more and more of the creature comes into being. Its tail curls upward, shaggy and strong. And Laloba sings more and the wolf creature begins to breathe. And still Laloba sings so deeply that the floor of the desert shakes. And as she sings, the wolf opens its eyes, leaps up and runs away down the canyon. Somewhere in its running, whether by the speed of its running or by splashing its way into a river or by way of a ray of sunlight or moonlight hitting it right in the side, the wolf is suddenly transformed into a laughing woman who runs free toward the horizon. So remember, if you wander the desert and it is near sundown and you are perhaps a little bit lost and certainly tired, that you are lucky for Laloba may take a liking to you and show you something, something of the soul. Tingles. 
honestly, I don't know why this hasn't come up for me before to review for the show, but I guess the timing is now right, especially after the shadow work episode. I cannot recommend this book enough as part of your collection. It's a big book. I have three books I turn to in the darker times, and this is one of them. Let me know if you have read this or if you do and what your thoughts on it are. But join me after the break where we talk all about the moon and the goddess Selene. Welcome back. So let's talk all about the moon and the goddess Selene. Myths and folklore of every culture are full of talks of the moon and moon worship. The moon has been known to appear as both a male and female deity. And overall, the consensus is the moon still remains intrinsically mysterious. The influence of it upon Earth and its inhabitants cannot be denied. Can be difficult to explain, but here we are. It is observed in the tides rise and fall and also the growth of plant life. Aristotle discussed the effect of the moon on the human body and Hippocrates vowed that no physician should be able to treat disease without a knowledge of astronomy. In 1784, Dr. Balfour wrote a book on how the moon influenced fevers. Dr. Laycock, 40 years later, wrote that epilepsy, insanity and asthma were strongly affected by lunar phases. It is said to be a well-known fact that old people die most frequently on the day of the new or full moon. So most women will start their period on a new moon, which is classed as a white moon cycle. So this is most common. The red moon cycle is when a woman's period commences on a full moon. And historically, many of these women with a red moon cycle were viewed as healers or medicine women. They were able to step in and provide care to menstruating women experiencing their cycle over the new moon. It's more usual for women to ovulate over a full moon and have their period over a new moon. Full moons are often a time when birth rates are said to peak and a time when I gave birth to my own daughter. Although it's not scientifically proven, generations have claimed that childbirth is more likely to happen during the full moon. As the moon waxes, so do women's wombs. When the moon is full, women's wombs are said to be ready for implantation. When the moon wanes, our wombs shed and wane too. Some believe that women's femininity is the goddess within and the moon shining through us. The relationship between the moon and insanity has long been scientifically investigated. In 1791, Dr. De Quinn discussed this phenomenon, and in 1852, Guillain recorded that some of his patients became violently insane every 28 days, always on the day of the full moon. You could definitely club me in with that. The word lunatic derives from Luna, the moon, and obviously hints at the relationship between the two. Shakespeare referred to the moon as the mistress of melancholy and Othello exclaimed after hearing of Rodrigo's murder, it is the very error of the moon. She comes more near the earth than she was wont and makes men mad. The moon is classed as the satellite of the earth and whilst this is true, the relationship between the two is said to be even closer. 
The moon is really said to be the Earth's mother, not its subordinate. And at one time, it is said that the moon was as alive as our planet is today, a complete entity that had inhabitants. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To some form until its life term was up and its death eventually ensued. The moon as we see it today is a slowly decaying corpse. The Greeks and Britons advocated the full moon for marriages and births and weaned their male children during the waxing of the moon and their female children when the moon was on the wane. The history of moon worship revolves around the mystery of lunar phenomena and the rites were based upon a knowledge of physiology, mathematics and astronomy. The ancients were aware that life on this planet is generated, preserved and destroyed by lunar magnetism. The beginnings of moon worship is difficult to trace, but it is one of the oldest forms of worship in the world. In Scotland and particularly amongst Highlanders, it's an old custom for women to make a curtsy to the new moon. Tradition for English women is said that you would sit astride a gate or stile on the eve of the new moon and say, a fine moon, God bless her. I have to, at this point, let you know that some of my research dates back to published work from 1936. So please don't at me, ladies, if you aren't doing that currently on a new moon. Many well-known nursery rhymes include a wealth of lunar symbolism the apparently senseless jargon of hey diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle, the cow jumps over the moon. So the association of the cat and the moon dates back to Isis and Diana. The cow was connected and symbolized by the moon for the reason that the period of parturition in cows and women is the same and both are governed by the moon. The story of Jack and Jill originates from a lunar myth and the Scandinavian story of Hijuki and Bill. Hijuki refers to the waxing of the moon and Bill to its waning. The pail of water they carry up the hill refers to the rising tide. Their subsequent downfall relates to its ebb. Much of the information I just read out is from an article by John Garrigs John in 1936. So Selene, Isis, Artemis, Diane and Hecate are all lunar deities. I thought we could start by looking at Selene, goddess of the moon and a Greek pantheon. 
She is a sister of Helios, a solar god, and Eos, goddess of the dawn, and daughter to Hyperion and Thea, two of the original 12 titans. Her father was the titan god of heavenly light, and her mother represented the blue colour of the sky. Together, they fittingly created three sources of celestial illumination. Selene is also said to be the granddaughter of Gaia herself. She is said to have had several lovers, including Zeus and Pan, but her true love was Endymion. Selene is said to be waving hello from her silver chariot pulled by two horses when the moon rises in the night sky. On occasion, she is also said to be pulled by oxen or bulls. The animals were always pure white regardless of their type. Selene would most often wear a crown of gleaming silver which matched her silver chariot. And she is said to have pale skin that shines with its own inner light and long black hair that matched the dark sky around her. Selene appeared each night over the water, shining all the more because she emerged from the sea, but on nights the moon could not be seen, there was a good reason for her absence. Although there are other moon goddesses, Selene is said to be different in that she is considered the image of the moon itself, not just a deity who rules over it. Because she is the moon herself, she is linked to lunar magic, healing, intuition, psychic abilities, dreams, and emotions. Selene is said to teach us to be intimate with our own bodies and for women with our menstrual cycles. Our reproductive systems are linked to the phases of the moon and therefore Selene herself. She is also said to bring her followers the ability to dream and interpret dreams, divination powers, strong intuition, and the ability to listen to our intuition and subconscious. She encourages us to record our dreams for true clarity and perspective. Selene is also known by her Roman name, Luna. One night as Selene glided across the starry sky in her chariot, she saw a beautiful young man named Endymion. Dependent on the source, it is said that he was either a simple shepherd or a prince in exile. He could have been a pioneer in the field of astronomy. Other accounts say he could have been a mortal son of Zeus. Anyway, Selene was entranced by him, so much so that she left the sky to see him more clearly, walking as quietly as possible to see him whilst he slept, as he was a fan of sleeping under the open sky. Selene started to do this every night, leaving her chariot behind and making the sky dark with her absence. She would sometimes ask her brother to take over her duties so she could spend more time on the ground with Endymion. Zeus started to notice something was amiss and that the sky was dark at night and the sun seemed more lethargic than usual, her brother of course being Helios the sun god. Zeus soon discovered the reason behind Selene's absence and although Zeus had taken many mortal lovers, he recognised that chaos would ensue if she kept abandoning her duties. Some stories say that Selene asked Zeus to save Endymion from the ravages of old age that would come to him as a mortal. Stories differ, and some say that out of love for Selene, Zeus agreed, 
Others say that Zeus put sleep on Endymion as more of a punishment than a gift. However, he had enough sympathy for Selene to not kill Endymion outright, but that he put him into an enchanted sleep on Mount Latmus in the east so Selene would have no further reason to descend to Earth each night. This is said to have taken the pressure of time and mortality off of Selene as she could still see her sleeping love whenever she pleased. And she knew he would be there whenever she wanted to see him without her having to worry he would leave or die before she got to see him again. The cave in Anatolia where Endymion is said to sleep became a holy place for Selene. It was watched over by nymphs and visited often by the goddess. It was marked by glowing moonstones and pure white rock. The other rendition of the story is that Endymion chose an ageless sleep as opposed to living a mortal life so that he would not be parted from the goddess he loved by death. That's pure romance right there. Unrealistic expectations, Carly, in times of Tinder. Unrealistic expectations. Anyway, Selene is said to have visited Endymion in his dreams and made love to him. She birthed 50 daughters by him, representing the 50 lunar months of the Olympiad. So an Olympiad is a period of four years and was associated with the ancient Greeks Olympic Games. Although the Olympic Games started out in the archaic Greek period, in the Hellenistic period, they were used as a calendar period. I had to Google that, as you can tell. So whenever the moon could not be seen in the night sky, that explains her absence. She would be visiting Endymion, so dark nights were a sign of the lunar goddess's eternal love for the sleeping mortal. Occasionally, Selene was given the name Mene, the Greek word for the moon, and also the word used to delineate the months. So the Greeks followed a lunar calendar in which months were delineated by the cycles of the moon. Greek months began with the first new moon and were organized into three 10-day weeks that roughly followed the progression of the lunar cycle. Festivals and feasts were determined by the lunar calendar, giving Selene as Mene an important role in the worship of all the gods and goddesses. Selene, in essence, was a goddess of time, often said to be the Harai, I think is how you pronounce it, the personifications of the division of time and seasons. The months had their own personifications too. So these were her 50 daughters who were all fathered by Endymion. The 50 months represented the four-year cycle of the Olympiads. As a goddess of childbirth, under Selene's influence, women are said to have an easier time in childbirth at night than they did during the day. Her traditional nights of celebration are the full moon and new moon or dark moon, which is the eve before the new moon. Selene is also known by her Roman name Luna, of course, and coming back to insanity brought on by the moon's influence, it was believed that Selene had the power to create lunacy with purpose. She was closely associated with Diancus, whose rites also brought a form of madness about in his followers. Selene was able to bring madness about as a targeted punishment and she worked with Diancus and said she would help him to punish his enemies with fits of insanity. If you already feel a strong pull to the moon, you may opt to research thoroughly all of Selene's myths, qualities and what she can help you with in regards to magic 
and establish if she is a deity you feel called to work with. You might want to start by becoming accustomed to the various phases of the moon and tracking your various thoughts and experiences around them. There are some great free apps if you want to do this. I use Moon and the Moonly app. You might wish to set up your altar or a sacred space in her honour, so perhaps incorporate paintings or pictures of the moon. You might want to add a moon goddess statue, some moonstone, selenite, silver, white horses. You might want to make her offerings of moon water or moonstones or anything silver. I have a full moon ritual you could make to dedicate yourself to the moon goddess's service. You will need a silver or glass bowl or vase, a silver or white dress or robe, a clean bathtub, and obviously you want to do this on a full moon. So fill your silver or glass bowl with clean water. You could use rainwater or spring water. Set it outside on the full moon, somewhere where the moon's rays will touch the water itself. Leave it to be, to be charged in the full moon light for three hours. Bring the vase or bowl inside. Prepare a bath. You may wish to add herbs associated with the moon. I will give you some of those shortly. Pour about a cup of the moon water from the silver vase or bowl into the bathtub and say, Celine, goddess of the moon, lunar deity of love and light, may your healing feminine power flow through the water and fill me with wisdom, intuition, and connect me to the divine feminine, so mote it be. Turn down the lights, bathe in the moon-charged bath water, and emerge anew. Wear the white or silver robe or gown for the rest of the night. You have dedicated yourself to the moon goddess's service. Save the moon water to cleanse and charge your moon altar and tools. So crystals related to Selene are, of course, selenite, which was named for her. Selenite is said to bring down light from higher realms, promotes tranquility and love, calms emotions, and cleanses the aura of built-up negative energy. It promotes peace and is ideal for helping you with spirit work as it amplifies psychic ability, promotes clarity, and attunes us to higher frequencies. It's great to meditate with. It can enhance mental powers and even activate dormant abilities from past lives. You should never submerge or soak it in water as it is water soluble. You can also use selenite to rejuvenate and brighten other crystals you have by laying them on top or next to the selenite that you have. It is a great crystal for amplifying manifestation and to add into new moon rituals. Other crystals I came across that will connect you to Selene are, of course, Moonstone, Alexandrite, Beryl, Bloodstone, Blue Topaz, and Clear Quartz. Incense, herbs, and scents linked to her are Lotus Flower, Lavender, Vanilla, Myrtle, Willow, White Poppy, and White Rose, Jasmine, Coriander, Camphor, Oris Root, Clary Sage, so in the main, white and purple flowers and any that bloom at night are said to belong to Celine. So that's all for today's episode. 
Before I go, I just wanted to say, obviously, the Literary Witches Coven will be starting in September. The first book on the list is Intuitive Witchcraft by Astraea Taylor. If you want to sign up on my website for the newsletter, the blog, more de details in regards to the Literary Witches Coven, get on over to www.thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk. There'll be more going on on Facebook, which is The White Witch Company, or Instagram, depending on what you prefer. That's at The White Witch Company. If you have left me a review, thank you. I am so grateful. There's been quite a few recently. But at the same time, if you are happy to leave me a review, I'm really grateful. It means that other witches can find us. Other than that, have a great week, witches. Catch up with you all soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.